creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle! And the Leafs are moved again! Greetings and welcome to the Ness and Bruins podcast. I'm Nesson.com's Mike Cole, joined, as always, by Nesson.com's Logan Mullen. Logan, how are you? Mike, I'm fantastic. I am thrilled to hear that. We are here to discuss the Bruins, as we do in every episode, because that's why it's the Nesson Bruins podcast. Uh, and the Bees are rolling on to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, where they will take on Tampa Bay Lightning, a, uh, a matchup that you and I are both excited for, uh, and a matchup that uh, I think – could end up being a de facto Eastern Conference final, sure. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Bruins here, obviously, as we discussed last time, by way of a, a win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay uh, dispatched the, a pesky and plucky Columbus Blue Jackets team. Uh, what was that, in five games, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Yes, two of which went to overtime, including that five-overtime game, which feels like forever ago at this point, but that's uh, life in the bubble, I suppose. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, I think, the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I don't even think it's that close, especially now that, you know, yeah. obviously Washington's been eliminated. Um, it's, uh, you know, the last time these two teams met was maybe one of the best hockey games of the entire season. Yeah, uh, I, I strongly that? believe that. I strongly yeah. believe that was that or the David Ayers uh, Hurricanes right. Leafs game. Yeah. But uh, March 7th, uh, actually, I wanna, I'm going to look this up uh, real quick. The Bruins lost that game 5-3, to three, or you could say the Lightning won it, depending on uh, you know, who you want to talk to. But I can't do this math in my head. 48 plus 46, so 94 penalty minutes in that game. Uh, eight goals. Lightning went 5-3. Lightning actually win the season series against the Bruins 3-1. to one. one of those games was in a shootout uh, back in October, a game in which I attended – uh, with a ticket, not a press pass, which I'm going to tell you feels like six years ago. So it might have been. I'm not sure, time. which I guess is like probably a, a bigger point. I'm not sure what we can take out of regular season uh, results. I just know that these two teams are very good. I know that these two teams looked pretty good in their first round series. Uh, it should be a hell of a matchup. What are your overall uh, top top line pick? Uh, picture in I don't know the big picture takes what uh what which is how what's your feel on this uh, series well I've been clamoring for seven games of Bruins lightning for a long time I mean I think that by virtue of not only the personnel but the way games have gone between these two sides the last couple of years that there's a decent rivalry brewing there I mean I'd say as far as Bruins rivals at present go, it, Bruins Lightning's probably a little bit better than with the Canadians. You could argue the Maple Leafs because the Bruins have been so much better than Toronto. Um, but if, from a pure talent perspective, it is kind of tough to pick apart, you know, which team's better because I think a lot, I think they're still kind of settling into an identity, at least in Tampa Bay. Because they under they underwent such a roster overhaul uh, at the trade deadline, or got so many notable pieces in February. Um, but I mean, it, I I wholeheartedly agree with the take that this is probably the de facto Eastern Conference Final. Um, it, it just 
because, you know, the, the lightning, the way they played last year and the way they came around uh, after a slow start this season and the way that the Bruins have been. Uh, and I think that this is a totally different look than two years ago when the lightning just rolled the Bruins in five games in the postseason. Like, I think this is about as even of a series as you'll get between any two teams in the league right now. Um, except like the next closest I could think of would be maybe like Vegas, Colorado or Colorado, Dallas or Dallas, Vegas. I, that's the only thing I can think of. But with respect to the East, if you want to talk like wire to wire, it Bruins lightning have been pretty much the best the entire time, of course, fully acknowledging that Tampa's start was slow. So Yeah. I mean, men among boys, these two teams compared to the rest of the conference. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at – and I do – there's there are also plenty of narratives or storylines or whatever you want to call it going into this. Most notably, got to love this, uh, dual uh, – not revenge, what's the – retribution? Uh, dual unfinished business, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, Tampa, obviously, uh, a pretty pissed off team entering this season, which was kind of weird that they started so slow. But after they blew that first round uh, – last year against Columbus and, and of course the Bruins are, are trying to get back to the Stanley Cup final after losing in game seven so I think both teams have uh quite a uh quite a delicious carrot that they are chasing right now um you know in, in these playoffs and, and certainly the just the, the weirdness of this being the bubble and everything uh, I have to feel that both teams believe they have a second lease on life and I think that's gonna uh you know contribute to this being uh, a tremendous series I also think there's Certainly, familiarity breeds content here. Uh, I think, you know, to your point, you know, I don't think these teams like each other very much. And I also just think these teams have played so much, even if it feels like it was six years ago. Um, I, I don't think it's going to take long for that to kind of get reignited. We even see, saw a little bit of it in the uh, in the round-robin game. Not a ton, but I also think, you know, in hindsight, you look at how both these teams approach that uh, round is yeah. kind of telling. So, um, I think this has – you know, the potential to, to get borderline ugly too, which yeah. I am all in for. I think that's – We need that again. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy that. That's what I think hockey is at its best. I think that's when sports are at its best, which maybe is a knuckle-dragging Neanderthal take. But I, if that's sure. going to be, be me, then so be it. Um, I, you know, I am excited. I don't know what else to say. It's just uh, well, so I, much I, top-end talent. Well, even without Steven yeah. Stamkos, you know, being in the lineup for Tampa, there's just a lot of good hockey players who don't like each other. And just to quickly add to your point, I think for as cavalier as both teams were about the round robin, or as it seemed outwardly, their game was nasty in the round robin tournament. Like, not as yeah. bad as the March one, but, like, there was plenty of, you know, contempt between the two sides. So I think – if you give them at least four games and as many as seven, like that is only going to get worse. And, you know, eventually you do have to kind of balance, you know, the, the desire to make a complete gong show versus winning, you know, important games. But I think that that by nature, especially by the way, I think teams, and we'll get into this soon, I'd imagine, but like by the way teams are probably, the two teams are probably going to construct their lineups will um, play into that. Yeah, and I also think, too, they're probably – you're looking at the layoff here. Uh, it's good. It's a, it's a been a long layoff. So, uh, I think that's part of you – know, I think 
especially maybe early on in this series, it's going to be, it's going to be uglier or not ugly. I, ugly is such a disparaging way of putting it. It's going to be highly contested early on, I think, to kind of refine the groove and stuff. And just, again, the idea of playing in an empty arena is something that always has to be considered. But uh, I do like the point that you brought up about the, the lineup construction, the roster construction. How do you think, uh, you know, the, that affects the Bruins? I think, you know, you and I have kind of touched on this in the past, but it's going to be interesting to see how they, they mix and match with some of those faster, smaller, quote-unquote, smaller guys or, or skinnier or lighter guys like uh, Stanicka or uh, Anders Bjork. And, you know, maybe this is when, you know, Nick Ritchie gets back in the fold. I, there's just going to be a lot of different options. And I personally think it's going to be kind of a game-by-game decision for Bruce Cassidy. I think it will. And I think to a degree, he kind of has to roll with what worked in those last few games against Carolina. To start so, at least. Yeah, definitely. Right. But I think the, you know, if the, if the lightning come out in game one and start throwing weight and the Bruins clearly look overwhelmed, then I think we'll see Nick Ritchie, Jeremy Lozon, like those guys back in the fold. Um, and not just for the purpose of being goons, but just because that's more their game. And, like, not to say, you know, from Lozon, for example. If Lozon comes back in, 99% chance that it's for Connor Clifton. Like, Connor Clifton can hold his own in that way, but, like, Lozon's a bigger kid. Like, he's willing to – I don't know, like – the. I hate to use this terminology, but like size matters, right? In a, in a terminal or in a uh, series like this. And so like, that is what, what was the best game that Richie, Nick Richie had played since arriving in Boston? It was probably the game against Florida where he fought whoever it was. Um, and, and then the game against Tampa, both games against Tampa, the one in Boston that we've been talking about. And then the round robin game. The round Robin Robin game might have been his best game so far. Yeah, but, like, I remember watching that and thinking, like, Nick Ritchie will never go out of the lineup if he plays like this. And so I think that at some point, like, when the Bruins were playing Carolina and Cassie determined there needed to be a change, he ended up throwing in the energy guys, right? He ended up throwing in Subnicka, he put in Clifton. Um, You know, that that paved the way for Parlin home to go in. When we see a change in this area, it's going to be probably to add a little bit more sandpaper. Um, so I, that's just the way I see them constructing lineup. But the way things were working with Stadnicka was panning out so well, especially now that they have David Pasternak back, that I think to a degree, if you're Bruce Cassidy, you're probably obligated to ride that out a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think they start, you know, I, that's a, I, I mean, you have to start with what, got you there right and then kind of make the adjustment as they come and I do think too you know if they go to that heavier grittier sandpaperier lineup uh at a certain point you know there's probably going to be a game that they lose like three to one and now it's like all right now we need to find offense again and then you're going back the other way I think there's going to be some flip-flopping I think that's that typically has a negative connotation but I do think it's going to be kind of uh, indicative upon like the ebbs and flows of the series and kind of that I think that's going to uh, affect how Cassidy constructs his, constructs his lineup um, I, I don't know what else uh, what else is there in terms of anything else in terms of lineup that you want to kind of get into or we, should we do a little tale of the tape let's do a tale of the tape all right let's do it it's the tried and true lazy uh, fallback but 
Uh, I guess let's just run it down. Uh, let's start with forwards. Who's got the edge here? Well, going off of what I know and based on what I've seen, I feel like you have to pick the Bruins just because of the way that that top six has been playing. And like maybe if Stamkos is available, that changes things up a little bit. But like the Bruins is second line. Or like Jake DeBrusque looks how he's supposed to look. Andre Kasha looks like the guy that they traded for. Like David Krejci is in vintage postseason form. Like Brad Marchand has been one of the Bruins' most consistently best players this season. You'd have to imagine David Pasternak figures it out a little bit once he gets settled in more. Patrice Bergeron's been Patrice Bergeron. Like, it's hard to pick against that. Now, I think once you get into bottom six, that probably gets a little bit tougher. Um, I, I think the third line, the way that uh, Tampa's constructed it with Goodrow and Blake Coleman, has been a very shrewd move by John Cooper. And I think that that is kind of the X factor in a lot of this. I'd say the middle six as a whole is probably an X factor in a lot of this. But just because the Bruins middle six and, and their top six, for that matter, has looked like a group that's figured it out, it's hard to pick against that. Uh, I, I feel like making a case for it because, because of that, you know, the middle six stuff. Uh, and, like, Kucherov is the best player in the series. So sure. that's kind of a, a pretty big point there. Oh, point. Braden <laughs> um, <laughs> Point, who has had a knack for scoring uh, big goals in the playoffs so far. Can I, is, it, is it a weak move to push here? <laughs> like, um, it is. Have a take. Yeah. I, I'll go with Boston, I suppose, for the same reason that you are, or the same reason it feels like you are in terms of what we've seen most recently which isn't necessarily a knock on. So here's the thing. I think the Bruins have the higher ceiling with their forward lines, assuming they're being able, all four lines are kind of clicking at least somewhere near a hundred percent. I have less confidence in that happening than I do Tampa, just because we've seen at times, you know, the Bruins second line has been an issue, obviously for pretty much David Krejci's entire career. The first line, as recently as last year, kind of went missing, especially a five-on-five play toward the end of the playoffs when they got, you know, playing bigger, stronger teams, uh, especially on the back end of which, you know, Tampa falls in that category. But let's just assume that those guys play anywhere close to 100%. Like, you've got Krejci playing out of his mind on that second line, and that goes a long way. And Charlie Coyle continues to look like he's just a very dependable type of player. Maybe – you know, I one place that gives me pause with the Bruins is, you know, it's kind of hard to know what that third line is going to look like. Right. And by extension, the fourth line, if they're kind of rolling things around. But the, just the top six potential is too much for me to ignore. So I guess I will take the Bruins by the slightest of uh, edges. Yeah. And it really is an edge because, like, if any line gets hot between the two teams, it's easy for them to be better. Like, I think the only group where the Bruins sure. – have a clear advantage is the fourth line. Like, the third line could be a push. Like, that second line with Kalorn, Sorelli, and Tyler Johnson, like, if the Bruins' second unit has been what it was during the round robin, like, Tampa far outweighs what the Bruins have. Yeah. So, uh, What about the, on the back end defense? This is tough because I think the Bruins have the better overall depth, but I – probably sooner take the individuals for Tampa, but 
I don't know. I, I guess I'll go out on a limb and say Tampa, purely because I, I like that Sergachev, Shattenkirk bottom pairing. Um, you know, Ryan McDonough has been a little bit of a ride during the past uh, couple weeks, but like Victor Hedman still a perennial Norris Trophy candidate. Like Charlie McAvoy's getting there for the Bruins. He's not there yet. Um, I could take or leave Zach Bogosian, especially on that top pairing, but I don't know. I, I think Tampa has a little bit of an edge. I, I like I like Shattenkirk a lot. I think that was a very prudent signing by Tampa this offseason. And I don't know. It's, it, it, it's tough because I'm also – if you – again, playing both sides of the fence here. But, like, if you get the version of Chara that you got in game five against Carolina, like, you'll live with that. But there have been times this season uh, and since the restart where Chara's, you know, Looked a little bit older. I mean, after all, he's 43. So, like, that's going to happen. So, that, that's what leads me to believe that Tampa is probably the better pick here. Assuming nobody gets hurt, I'll take Tampa. Uh, you know, one injury changes the entire complexion because, yeah, I agree on the whole, the Bruins are deeper. But um, I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to add other than to echo what you said. Because, again, you look at, you know, Hedman, it's the best defenseman in the series. Um, right? Like, we're not going to make a case for McAvoy, are we? Like, no, I, I'm still going Hedman. Uh, one thing I'm interested to see is, like, this Tory Krug – not wake up because that sounds like it's a negative connotation, but, like, feels like Tory Krug's close. And, like, if he gets hot offensively and starts generating some offense, which I think they might actually need considering how good Tampa's, you know, defense core is, yeah. then it kind of tips the scales a little bit maybe towards the Bruins. But just going off of what I've seen so far, you know, I'll take uh, I'll take Tampa. It's just a lot of good, a lot of talent. There's these these are good hockey teams. So it is, yeah. Um, let's uh, move on. I guess goaltending. Goaltending is an interesting one. It is an interesting one, and I'm gonna go with Vasilevsky. I I think that Yarrow Halak is fine for the Bruins. Like I I don't think he will lose them the series, but I also think that Vasilevsky played for the most part, pretty well against Columbus. And it's like, you know, he can be a hot and cold guy as well. Yeah. Um, and so the floor, I would say, with Vasilevsky is way lower than it is with Halak. Conversely, ceiling's way higher. Um, so that that's what leads me to believe that, it, that Vasilevsky probably has the edge here. Yeah, I agree. Um, Tugarask in the series makes a little bit of a difference, but – yeah. Uh, he will not be here. So uh, I'm with you. Like, if the Vasilevsky doesn't – I won't say scares scares me because nothing regarding a hockey game should scare me. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I agree. Again, I agree with what you said. Uh, and, again, maybe I'm a little bit uh, victim of the moment, again, with Halak, who played well in game five and – rebounded nicely in the midst of game four but i can't shake that you know those two goals they allowed early in game four um so i just think and also too like this isn't necessarily related or it is related but it doesn't it's not a a reflection of the goalie but you know i just said tampa i believe has a better defense so theoretically it should be easier you know what i mean so yeah that helps Uh, do you want to do special teams do you got any thoughts on the special teams i think it's pretty even there too the special teams kind of echoes what we've been saying about the top lines. Like the Bruins power play, 
the last couple of games look like world beaters. Yep. You get that version of it, then it's Bruins by a mile, probably. Again, especially with Stamkos out for Tampa. Um, but I mean, that's also been a unit that's been known to dry up quite a bit. So I guess it does really come down to just whatever the uh, whatever version of the power play you're getting for the Bruins. The only discrepancy or whatever, only issue, if you want to call it that, Tampa was I'm looking up right now, 14th in the league in penalty killing. So like middle of the pack, but I mean, you got hot for two weeks and nobody really cares about what happened in the regular season against bad teams. So yeah. um, I think this one's pretty close kind of a push again so much talent on both sides that the power but like the irony though is that this you know two really good five on five teams I think if the Bruins are going to win this series it's probably going to be because the the power play goes nuts because I just I don't think there's good five on five and if it's just if there's not a lot of penalties in this series and we're playing a ton of five on five I don't like the Bruins' chances as much as if they could get hot in the power play sure I think we'll see a lot of penalties, like especially That's as true, yeah. goes on. Like, yeah. I think we will get plenty of roughings and the yeah. what have you. So that's fair. Good point. Uh, coaching. I think John Cooper is a fantastic coach. I'm going with Bruce Cassidy just because I sooner trust him to make adjustments, um, both on the fly and in preparation for games. Um, not to take anything away from John Cooper, but I do think he has benefited. Like when he won the Jack Adams, I think he, or uh, when he was up for the Jack Adams last year, I think a lot of that was him benefiting from having an incredibly talented roster. Uh, and I know that's kind of the nature of that award, but I don't know. Bruce Cassidy hasn't overstretched himself a little bit, if you will, in terms of going wild with the adjustments. He's kind of, you know, ridden stuff out a little bit. So until he gets carried away with that, which is something I've criticized him for often, um, I think that the Bruins have to have the edge there. Slight edge to the Bruins here because it's coaching and whatever. But, like, you know, Bruce Cassidy has not uh, been a team that uh, – or has not been a coach that was part of a, a pretty monumental collapse for a team that everybody expected to be very good uh, going a deep playoff run and then to just go belly up uh, in the first round as Tampa did last year. Uh, and, you know, Cassie, Cassie feels like he has got a pretty good pulse of the team as well. So, and I think there's going to be times where it's going to be pretty important in this series for him to, to, to find that pulse when it comes to making roster decisions kind of as we, we touched on. So I think that's a, a slight edge for the Bruins, but I, again, these teams are so good that I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. And, you know, I don't know. It's I, that's an interesting debate to have someday. Is like how much does a, a head coach really affect a playoff series in the NHL? I don't know. It's it's tough. I and I think the coaching comes out more with teams that aren't as loaded with talent. Sure. Like, I mean, just like, like the Blue Jackets. Right. Yeah. I, I think they're an easy example. But like last year, I thought Cassidy was a better coach than Craig Berube. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You, you know, yeah. like things like that. Berube just like, told his guys to go. You know bash some heads in and right. I guess good job it, 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 it worked. Worked. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Grizzlick literally got his head bashed in yeah uh let's see do we have anything else any any intangibles that you'd like to discuss I, I don't even know what the metric is like I don't I, either I just I think I it's interesting say you need to team me up for something if well like, Tampa like 
I was reading a story like John Cooper knew exactly how many days it was since they had lost that that round to Columbus. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing that like they feel like have they do they feel like they just won the cup or do they feel like they're back on track now? I don't know. It's hard yeah, to say. Right. I don't know. I think there was enough turnover on that roster. Like their mainstays are still there, but like yeah. I don't know. Uh, also, as our uh, esteemed producer Fred Nutter pointed out to us, the Bruins uh, advanced <laughs> the second round for the third straight postseason. Last time they did that was 2009 to 2011. In 2011, they won the Stanley Cup. And as Fred also pointed out to us, they did that with Tuka Rask watching from the sideline as well. So good mojo there for the Bruins if you're you're into that kind of thing. That's true. Uh, I just think that means they're both they're, – they're very good teams. It was like the same team too, I guess. So Yeah. I mean, dude, some of the core's the same. It's I wild. That, that feels like forever ago too. Um, all right, so who wins the series? I'm going to go Lightning and seven. I, th- yeah. I think Tampa's so good, and uh, I can see them crapping themselves, but, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Here, here's my thing. So, and, and maybe you need to reel me in on this. The only – and maybe I'm about to talk myself out of this. But the Lightning were chastised a lot for being way too soft, right? Like, they, some people thought they were too soft last year against Columbus. That's what the problem was. I thought they were too soft this year, and that's why they got off to the slow start. And so they went out and they signed Zach Bogosian. They get Barclay Goodrow, and they get uh, Blake Coleman, who, you know, Blake Coleman always played with a little bit of snarl, but he's turned into like, I don't know, take your pick of a modern-day Sean Avery. Watch him against the Bruins a couple weeks ago. And is there a line – where Tampa tries so hard to try and prove that they are this, you know, rough, tough team, become, you know, the broad street bullies of Toronto via Tampa Bay or (laughs) St. Petersburg, wherever Amelie is. And they go too far to the point where not losing or not that winning no longer becomes the objective, but their head's not entirely in the right place that it needs to be. Like, I think – and the reason I say this, I think back to last year against Carolina where Brad Marchand was literally getting Justin Williams, like one of the most composed postseason performers of our lifetime, you know, to just basically get goaded into very silly mistakes and penalties and whatnot. And if Tampa's already hell-bent, on trying to like impose their will and debunk this narrative, which I'm sure publicly they would say like, no, we don't give a crap, but you know, internally I'm going to speculate that that might be on their mind a little bit. So is there a possibility that they take that too far and it gets out of hand? Maybe. Maybe. Can, can the Bruins make them pay if they don't though? Like, is this a Bruins team that's going to beat the hell out of Tampa and make them look soft though? Like, you know what I mean? That's a fair question. I don't think so. Like, I don't think – I mean, I think that would be a mistake if Tampa comes out and tries to do that because I don't think the Bruins would make them pay like maybe the Bruins would have in the past for playing a quote-unquote softer style of hockey. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it's just – I don't know where the Bruins go to to get that meanness that uh, 
yeah. well, vigilante. And, and they don't do that without, at least at present, making their roster worse, right? Right, that's, You're yeah. better with Studnicka playing than you are Nick Ritchie. Sure. So it's like, are, are you going to go out of your way to put Nick Ritchie in the lineup? Or, like, you know, if they come out of the clouds and play Trent Frederick one day, it's like, are you doing that to, you know, have somebody out there policing the ice, or are you doing that to, you know, get better? It'd be awesome. I mean, that would be awesome. Well, remember when there was that rumor back in January that the Bruins kept uh, Frederick up for an extra game against Washington because they were worried that some of the Capitals were going to head on. And so the Bruins kept Frederick up for like one game and he played like five minutes and it was fine. But um, One thing that's interesting, I looked it up. The Bruins average size, six foot one, 195 pounds. Tampa six foot one two oh two, so a little heavier. They're actually older. The Lightning, which is funny, considering a lot of the talk was the Bruins were an older team. Uh, average age, I mean, whatever. It's all gonna you know even out, but so not a huge size discrepancy. Maybe a little more meat on the bones for the Lightning than than the Bruins, but um, you know, I think there's certain matchups where you see it. Like you know, there's certain guys that you probably don't want barreling in on the the forecheck or. Yeah. You know, it's guys, defensemen, you're a little more afraid to go into the corner against. But the Bruins have those guys too. So I think it's pretty much a, a, a wash there. And, again, we've seen in the past, like, the Bruins aren't going to back down from anybody necessarily. And it seems like the, the Lightning are hell-bent on proving that they won't back down from the Bruins at least. So, um, yeah, to wash there. I, for me, I'm going to take the Lightning in six. I think um, they're just good. And, I mean, I've picked the Lightning to win the Stanley Cup all year. So. That's part of my uh, my logic here, but I just think um, hey, there's just the Bruins have looked much better uh, as this thing has gone on, but I don't think they've done it consistently enough for me yet. Um, and I wonder whether they can get a little more consistency quickly against a team that is as good as Tampa. Like if they were playing the Islanders, I mean obviously the Islanders aren't as good as Tampa, but like you'd have a little more wiggle room, a little more margin for error. I think that's completely out the window against a team as good as Tampa. So I think it's going to be more difficult for them to – like if they don't – they you know, they better start fast because they're not going to have a whole lot of time to find it because if they're trying to find it, they're going to be down 2-0 after two games and basically this thing's going to be done. So. Well, and I said to you in our last podcast, like the Bruins beat the Hurricanes in the manner that they should have. Like Bruins in five was appropriate, but like – now you see what they, they are really made of against a team that by, as we just discussed, by pretty much every measure is right on the same level as you. Mm-hmm. So I, again, it, it, because we're the Kings of couching our takes, like wouldn't shock me to see it go either way. But like, I look at the lightning and I just think that there's a little bit more depth there. Um, and the goaltending too. That's not a knock at Halak, but if you get another worldly version, Andre Vasilevsky, like that's problematic for the Bruins because there's only so much you can do, right? Or if you get a backup version of Yaroslav Halak, or even yeah. in one or two games, and see ya. So, yeah, I just think there's more things have to go right for the Bruins to win this series than do Tampa. So I'll take take the Lightning here. So, but. Again, couching, nothing would surprise me here. Save no. for not you know be Bruins and four. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that yeah, sure. All right. Uh anything else on this uh devastating matchup among Titans? No. Cool. Um I don't know when we're gonna reconvene. 
Yeah. Um, in due course. That's on you. <laughs> that is on me. I'm, I'm going to be gone for a little bit. I'm going to be on the market for a guest co-host, I think, uh, depending on how this thing plays out. So. Yeah, I probably won't. Probably would not be advisable for me to take phone calls and do podcast spots uh, next week, but we'll make it work. We'll leave it at that. Anyway, uh, that's Logan for now. He's uh, part of this podcast. We'll see when he comes back whether he'll still have a spot or not. Uh, I am a uh, Mike. I almost did it again. I did it earlier. I I mixed Are you Mark now? Logan. I am Logan. Mo. Uh, I'm Mike Cole. That's Logan Mullen. This has been the Nesson Brewers Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again next time.